there are three college football games this Saturday that could change the landscape of the college football playoff, and we'll break them down here on Prospectology after a quick word from our sponsors. What's going on, all you Prospectology fans? It's your host, Luch, and we are back with another episode of Prospectology, episode 147, and we have some very great games uh, happening this Saturday uh, that could have very major implications on the college football playoff um, and even in their perspective uh, conferences. But uh, three games I want to break down of games that I feel will be major part of how this college football playoff uh, unfolds as the season gets near its end. First game I want to break down is none other than the 5-4 and four North Carolina Tar Heels going to Pittsburgh, uh, which is ranked now 21 uh, in the country at 7-2. and two. Uh, Key players in this matchup, uh, obviously the quarterback matchup between uh, Sam Howell, who at the beginning of the year, everyone had him as a Heisman uh, favorite or hopeful, and the quarterback that no one saw uh, taking the next step and be should be on the Heisman watch list is quarterback Kenny Pickett for the Pitt Panthers. Uh, running back position, got another solid battle there uh, between running back Ty Chandler of the Tar Heels, who last week uh, ran all over Wake Forest in the upset there against the Demon Deacons. And a freshman who's come on uh, very well as of late for the Pitt Panthers, providing a rushing attack for them, uh, is Rodney Hammond Jr. Wide receivers on both sides pretty evenly matched. Uh, we got the wide receiver Josh Downs, who didn't have as big of an impact on that game against Wake Forest last week, but look for him to snap out of that. And you have the sophomore phenom who only uh, who was having a great year with 11 touchdowns on the year already and almost 1,000 yards receiving is uh, for the Pitt Panthers, wide receiver Josh Addison. Look out for his name next year's draft uh, class. Uh, but at the linebacker position on defense, there are two studs. Uh, for North Carolina, you got linebacker Jeremiah Gamel, uh, who left the game last week, ejected uh, for a targeting penalty, so he missed the game, and he will miss, I believe, a half against Pitt. Uh, and then on the other side, you got linebacker number zero, John Petrushin, uh linebacker four. The Pitt Panthers, who seems to make big plays in the backfield for the Panthers. Uh, now, when North Carolina has the ball, uh, first thing they have to do, uh, like they did last week against Wake Forest and that very good defense, is get the get the run game going. Uh, it'll open up the passing attack uh, and allow Sam Howell to literally dictate where what he wants to do. Uh, another thing, uh, they need to give Sam Howell 
enough time to operate in the pocket, uh, be able to make plays downfield uh, on defense. They have to play stingy like they did at the end of the game against Wake Forest. Get stops when you can get stops. Uh, get off the field, basically. Uh, I love the fact that North Carolina, at the beginning of the year, weren't doing a very good job of pass protecting or opening up running lanes, but they seem to have that continuity as the season went on. Uh, and the O-line has really gelled together. And they're playing some of their best football uh, right now down the home stretch. Um, there's a lot of plays to be had in the passing game. Uh, Pitt uh, has allowed this year 350-plus uh, passing yards three times this year, including in two of their losses. Uh, so there are some holes in that passing, uh, in that secondary for the Pitt Panthers. So look for North Carolina opening up uh, with the run game, get into the play action, and uh, kind of spread the secondary out of Pitt and be able to take some shots down the field when they need to uh, while still holding on to that running game. Um, and this game has big implications. A win for North Carolina puts them at six and four, and Pitt at seven and three, and that puts them right in the hunt uh, to make it to the ACC championship game. Uh, it'll put them in position. Uh, so a big game for North Carolina and Pitt uh, to give some more breathing room. Uh, to have a shot to go to the ACC championship, a win for Pitt uh, would all but solidify it. They would need a win against uh, Virginia next week or uh, Syracuse, one of the two. Uh, but uh, when Pitt has the ball, um, the defense uh, or when Pitt is on offense and defense, uh, Pittsburgh uh, has only allowed 107 rushing yards per game. They're ranked number 15th in the country versus the run, so very stout against the run. So uh, look for North Carolina try to get their running game early. Uh, they have Pitt has the number one ranked offense, uh, scoring above 50 points a couple of times this year, and really uh, getting a boost from their offense and playing with a lead. Uh, they have to remain balanced, um, get the ball to their uh, playmakers. Uh, Kenny Pickett, uh, besides even last week where he did throw uh, the interception, he has been playing uh, a lot better than he did last year, uh, more consistent. Uh, so keep uh, Kenny Pickett uh, hot uh, in a rhythm. Uh, run game has has been a surprise for Pitt. Uh, at the beginning of the year, no one thought that Pitt would have a really dominant passing uh, running game, but they do have a, a dominant passing game. Uh, and then Hammond, uh, the freshman, has emerged. He's been their leading rusher the last three games. My prediction for this game, it's going to be a shootout either way. I have North, North Carolina scoring 38, but I have Pitt at home 
just with that offense being able to be so balanced, uh, putting up big points. Uh, so I have Pitt winning 48-38 to 38 in that showdown. Moving on to game number two, we have number six, Michigan, going to Beaver Stadium at Penn State, uh, who is six and three. Michigan's eight and one. Uh, key players on for the Michigan side: quarterback Cade McNamara, uh, running backs Blake Corum, who injured himself in or has an injury from the Indiana game, uh, and then Hassan Haskins, uh, who is a bruising, powerful back. Uh, you have wide receiver Cornelius Johnson. Uh, safety Daxton Hill on that Wolverines secondary uh, and then arguably top five uh, NFL draft pick this year is the end Aiden Hutchinson he's been a beast putting pressure on quarterbacks and affecting the run game and then on the other side you have David Ajabo uh, on the Penn State side you have quarterback Sean Clifford to keep an eye out on you have uh Really good wide receiver prospect this year's draft. Wide receiver Jahan Dotson. Running back Noah Kane is a player to watch. Uh, Jaquan Brisker on defense. Uh, one of their best cornerbacks, Tariq Castro-Fields. And then the linebacking unit, which all three are pretty superb, but you have Brandon Smith. Uh, when Michigan, for Michigan, uh, they have to put pressure on Clifford, who seems to be on a roll. Uh, pretty much lately. Uh, Michigan all year hasn't really gotten too much out of their passing game, uh, but they had to set up their run game to be able to set up uh, the passing game and vice versa, uh, be able to throw the ball uh, to keep, uh, keep the Penn State defense honest and then uh, run it down their throat. Uh, pretty much keep Penn State guessing. Uh, quarterback, Cade McNamara against Michigan State was pretty inconsistent, forcing throws, a couple of bad decisions with the football. He has to play more consistent. Uh, Michigan offensive line, they have no problems there, has been one of the best in the Big Ten this year. Um, take the crowd out of it. Penn State, they're going to be their crowd's going to be fired up. Uh, make the plays early to get the crowd to kind of. Uh, so to speak, quit. Uh, and then they're going to look to run the clock, uh, eat up time of possession with the run game, and hopefully put up enough points. Uh, Penn State side, uh, get Sean Clifford into a rhythm early. Um, the offensive line has been a little inconsistent uh, pass protecting. Uh, so they have to do a more consistent job of uh, giving Clifford some time to go through his reads and progressions. Um, it's been a trend all year for Penn State, but they got to get the run game going. Uh, they don't have one rusher who has rushed for over 100 yards in a game this season. Uh, this game would be a great time to get uh, the running game going and allow for your passing game uh, to open up just that much more. On defense, they had to slow down Michigan's rushing attack. Easier said than done, but uh, Penn State has a very uh, formidable defense to be able to get that going. Uh, Penn State, 
unlike Michigan, who is on the road, Penn State, give your crowd some energy, some juice. Uh, get them all hyped up. Uh, spread the ball uh, in the passing game. Don't force, just don't force throws, even though Jahan Dotson is your number one playmaker. Uh, last week he was able to go off for 200 and something yards. Uh, don't force the ball to him because uh, we'll be keying on, on him. Uh, so spread the ball and open up your offense a little bit more. This game is going to come down to the wire. Two teams very stout on the defensive side of the ball with inconsistencies on offense. Uh, but give me Michigan going in to Penn State and coming home with the win 24-20. to 20. Last game uh, is really going to be a conference showdown. It is the 9-0 undefeated Oklahoma Sooners versus uh, the number 13 Baylor Bears, who are 7-2. Oklahoma coming in, coming in just outside of the college football playoff at number 8th in the country. Uh, key players for Oklahoma. Uh, you have Spencer Rattler, who has lately been benched uh, due to the phenomenal play of freshman quarterback Caleb Williams, um, running back Kenneth Brooks, wide receiver Marvin Mims, and on the defensive side of the ball, you have defensive linemen uh, who can do a versatility of, of all different things on that defensive line, Perion Winfrey, and their star-studded defensive end, Nick Benito. And on the other side for Baylor, you have quarterback Gary Bohannon, uh, you have running back Abram Smith, wide receiver Tyquan Thornton, and on the defensive side of the ball, you have the big 350 defensive tackle, nose tackle, Siaki Ika, and you have the safety who's phenomenal coming up, stuffing the run, running the alley, and making plays in the run game and pass game is Jalen Petrie. Oklahoma uh, has to continue their trend on defense where uh, the shorter the field gets, the better they play. Uh, the, their red zone defense has been phenomenal, but uh, up to that point, uh, their defense hasn't played very well until they get into a, a rhythm near the end of the game. Uh, they do get a lot of enforce, a lot of takeaways, so that trend has to continue. Uh, Caleb Williams, he's provided a bunch of energy and boost uh, to the Oklahoma Sooners team. Uh, so keep him on fire. Uh, they have a very explosive offense with Marvin Mims, uh, Kenneth Brooks running the football. Offensive line has been okay, but O-line and the defense as a whole have to play more consistently, opening up running lanes and defense getting stops. Uh, their defense has given up about 27 points per game. Um, but look for them to be just as explosive as they have been uh, for most of their nine games. Uh, Baylor, uh, quarterback must protect the ball. Uh, there was last week where Baylor got beat by the TCU Horn Frogs, where he had two kind of vital interceptions. Uh, which resulted in a two-point loss for Baylor. 
Uh, they have to remain balanced on offense. They do have a good running game to go with a pretty formidable uh, passing attack. Um, defense has to tighten up. They gave up way too many points, 30 last week against the Horned Frogs, where their uh, season average is about half that, 20, uh, 20 to 15 points. And Baylor, you have home field advantage. Take advantage of that. Uh, however, I think the way Caleb Williams is playing and Oklahoma is kind of getting after it on offense, they'll put up enough points so their defense doesn't have to worry, even though I do see Oklahoma's defense giving up uh, some very good chunk yards and some points. Uh, give me Oklahoma 35 to Baylor. 24. And there we have it for some of the key matchups for this weekend and some of the games I'm excited to watch that will have college football playoff implications. Uh, and until the next episode of Prospectology, we're getting you ready for the 2021 college football season, one game at a time, as well as the 2022 NFL draft, one prospect at a time. And until next time, I'm out.